chapter four of my queen a weekly journal for young women issue one september nineteen hundred this is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the abduction of dolly joshua marlowe's tanned and bearded face grew pale at his daughter's words they rang in his ears for hours after she uttered them he was not an altogether bad man at heart but he was narrow-minded and ignorant first of all he loved his farm wife and children came after this deal with silas had been his own secret if the marriage was not consummated it would become public property but what was a man to do with a daughter like marion it was a proposition that would have puzzled a wiser man than solomon martha marlowe had always been an obedient wife it did not occur to the old farmer that marion might have inherited her obstinacy in some degree from her father the day following the tragic scene in the kitchen marion spent in close companionship with dolly but still the girl's manner baffled and pained her are you sick dolly or worried she asked over and over but each time there came the same reply her sister declared that she was perfectly happy marion watched her as she went about her daily work she moved like one in a dream always smiling but appealing poor dolly poor little sister marion whispered as she tucked her into bed and went out into the air to think a little it was a clear moonlight night and marion walked farther than she thought finding herself again on the brow of the hill where she had registered her vow during the glow of sunset the distant roar of the express came slowly to her ears gradually growing louder and louder until with a piercing shriek it prepared to slow down at the little station marion strained her eyes but not even the light was visible for some reason or other the blast of the whistle had made her shudder as the train puffed away she felt curiously depressed the air seemed more sultry it was almost choking her after the last rumble of the wheels had died away the silence was more intense than ever the very landscape itself seemed wrapped in slumber but the view from the hill was growing more attractive to her eyes for even the poor farm's ugliness was mellowed by the moonlight suddenly marion's sharp eyes detected a moving form someone was coming across the fields from the direction of the pool farm but avoiding the open spots on the way in a suspicious manner one of the boys has run away exclaimed marion in dismay poor fellow he'll be caught and soundly whipped to-morrow she watched with eager eyes as the poor boy hurried from lot to lot keeping as close as possible in the shadow of the trees but as the moments passed there was no sound from the poor farm it's bert jackson whispered marion as the boy came nearer poor bert his broken arm is well again they say i wonder if he has been flogged that he is running away from his prison she ran down the hill as swiftly as she could bert bert she called softly it is only i marion what's the matter bert has anything serious happened the boy came out of the shadow cautiously and joined her before he answered a great deal has happened he said bitterly but i can't talk about it i'm just boiling with rage i'm running away marion of course said marion simply i knew that when i saw you 
but where can you go bert tisn't safe to risk the station and besides there's no train now till to-morrow morning i know it answered bert quickly i'm going to walk to hayesville it's only five miles and there's a train from there to new york at four in the morning new york echoed marion in a frightened whisper that's a big city bert are you sure you ought to go there the bigger the better said the boy smiling bitterly i've got to lose myself for a while you know so that brute cannot find me he nodded toward the poor farm and marion understood the gesture i hate him she said with a stamp of her foot i've hated him ever since he hit you that day the monster well he's hit me a good many times since said bert slowly there was a hard ring in his voice that cut the air like a bit of metal have you any money bert asked marion after a minute not a cent said the boy doggedly but i reckon i can earn some i'll have to steal my ride to the city that's the part that's bothering me no you won't said marion stoutly i've got five dollars bert quick come back to the house with me you've got to do it oh i can't take your money began bert but marion stopped him you shall take it come she said commandingly as she caught his arm and almost dragged him toward the farmhouse leaving bert hidden behind a clump of lilacs in the yard marion crept stealthily around to a side door and into the house to get her five dollars a lamp was burning in the sitting-room and as marion passed she glanced up at the clock she had been out over two hours while everyone else was in bed and sleeping marion found the money in her own chamber and then tiptoed to dolly's her anxiety for her sister was making her almost nervous she peered into the room which was clearly lighted by the moon her sister was not there the bed was rumpled but empty marion flew down the stairs and through the side door to the yard bert bert she called softly but nobody answered oh dear what has happened she whispered to herself there's something wrong it's in the air i know it i feel it a soft step on the walk made her turn expectantly bert jackson was just behind her he had been in the kitchen he explained it by whispering that he had been after a drink of water marion did not give a thought to this fact while her mind was in such a whirl she only hurried to him quickly and gave him the money oh bert she said in agony i can't find dolly she's gone somewhere i don't know where she was in bed when i left her bert looked at her in surprise but there was no time to lose he must be off at once if he expected to catch the train from hayesville i'll let you hear from me marion in some way he whispered gratefully and if anything has happened to dolly you can count on me i'll never forget you marion you are such a friend to a fellow take care of yourself in new york bert said the girl tremblingly and who knows what may happen in that lovely big city good-bye marion answered bert i'm sure something good must happen he darted away and marion went back to the house there was not a sign of her sister's returning suddenly marion made a discovery that nearly turned her brain every article belonging to dolly's sunday wardrobe was missing in other words she had dressed herself in her best when she went and this fact was significant even to a girl like marion darting downstairs the frightened girl awoke her father and mother dolly has gone she has run away she cried in agony oh father 
come quick and perhaps we can find her but not a trace of dolly could be found nor was mr lawson their boarder to be found on the premises marion set her teeth hard when she made this discovery they've gone together he's took her whined mrs marlowe he's run off with my darter the scullywag bawled deacon marlowe but marion only clenched her hands and bit her lips it was horrible to think of dolly in the clutches of her insulter what shall you do father asked mrs marlowe at last dunno said her husband a little absently i calculate though i'll just let her go pears to me that's just about what she deserves the four ard critter marion marlowe's eyes flashed as she heard this decision but she did not deign to make any answer going straight to the old chest behind the kitchen door she opened the lid and began overhauling its contents what do you want in there asked her father suspiciously i want grandma's topazes she said very firmly i'm going to sell them to widow pearson you know she's always wanted them and the money will enable me to hunt for dolly you shan't tech them cried both her mother and father at once they are ours dolly's and mine said marion calmly i shall use them as i think best a scream finished the sentence they are gone the topazes are gone she cried excitedly see here is the chamois bag it is completely empty she held it up to the flickering light that fell from the tallow candle in her mother's hand a double crime had been committed abduction and theft marion sat down on the chest and burst out crying it's dolly that's done it bellowed deacon marlowe angrily it wasn't enough for her to disgrace herself and us by runnin away with that air feller but she must up and steal the topazes the brazen huzzy she shall never darken my door again the wicked jade the the hush father don't you dare to call dolly names cried marion if any one is to blame it is that black-hearted scoundrel oh i knew he was a villain why didn't i watch him marion had sprung from the chest and was confronting the old farmer her eyes scintillating with feeling and her drawn lips were almost bloodless my sister is innocent do you hear me father shame on you for being the first to condemn your own daughter her voice was so sharp that it seemed to hiss through the air and the old farmer shrank back as though she had struck him mrs marlowe covered her face with her hands and began to sob but marion's eyes were burning she had done with weeping now was the time to act to save her sister End of chapter four